The Garden Party. The weekly show on Vintage Radio. With the very best in Americana, blues, country and folk music and chat. Hi Lee, we're here to talk about your new album, Never Sing the Blues Again. Can you tell us why you wanted to do this album? As you know, I've sort of been involved with music for many years now, but I've spent most of my time playing with bands or doing sessions for other musicians. I just felt it was a good time for me to do a solo album, I suppose you could call it a legacy album of songs that I've had lying around and just a, of a sort of style that I thought I could develop on a, an album of me. Um, before you went to the studio, did you have a preconceived idea of how you wanted it to sound? No, not really. One of the things I wanted, I just wanted it to be a, a feel-good, upbeat album. I, I was in a good place in my life and I wanted the album to reflect that. I think as musicians we, we worry too much sometimes about what we want to portray and what style and I think you can spend more time worrying about what you're trying to portray rather than just getting out and making making music and I think I just wanted to go and do songs that were sort of effectively timeless I think. So did you go into the studio with more songs than you needed? It might be nice to tell us how you chose your songs. Uh, for several months before I went into the studio we did a quite a long process me and the producer going back and forth with songs. I made the choice early on that it was going to be a mixture of covers and originals I think it just, we both agreed that it, it gave a nice variety to the album and, and different sort of flavours. So after we'd chosen the cover songs, some of which the producers suggested and some which I suggested myself, the original songs sort of fell into place. I, I've always written since I was quite young, but don't, I'm not a prolific writer. I just tend to write when I've got a reason to write. So I look back at songs I had that I thought I had the kind of feel, the kind of meaning that would really fit the album um, and I, actually, I even wrote sort of two of them just not long before I went over to Nashville to record it. Well that was my next question, tell us where and when you recorded the album. It was recorded last September over a couple of weeks in Nashville and Atlanta and we did the live tracking in Nashville and the uh, vocal overdubs in the producer's studio in Atlanta. How long did it take you? An amazingly short amount of time actually to, to get the actual tracking done. Uh, the musicians in Nashville, they, they don't hang about, they work really quick. We did two days of tracking with the full band um, and then I took a further five days doing the vocals and vocal overdubs in Atlanta. So, who produced it? The producer was a guy called Daryl Tony. He sings with the Imperials, who were the gospel band who toured with Elvis during the 70s Vegas shows. Daryl obviously wasn't with them then, he's, he's a bit younger, but Terry Blackwood, who's still in the group now, he was, he was there and did all the, the big, big Vegas shows. And how did that happen? How did you meet that producer? I met him several years ago in Vienna. Me, me and my wife went to see the Imperials and the TCB band, which, for those who don't know, was the, the band that also toured with Elvis during that period. Um, we went to see them. Daryl was up on the stage. They did an unplugged night where he actually got to play a nylon string guitar. He did a, a great version of Guitar Man, which is an Elvis 
recording, but it was written by Jerry Reed, and Jerry actually played on the Elvis studio version. Um, well, Daryl's a big fan of both. As soon as I heard him play, I thought, I've got to work with this guy. Little did I know that he actually had his own studio and he was a producer, but that was just, I suppose you could call it fate. So tell us who played on your album. Daryl put together the band. Daryl's been producing great music over in uh, Nashville for many, many years. He's worked with you know, some of the real studio greats. Um, so it was it was his choice. He listened to the songs we had. He listened to my originals and he... He said to me, I know just the guys I want playing on this. And his, his first port of call was Brent Mason. As soon as he heard the style we were going for, he told me, he said, uh, Brent, I want Brent as the band leader and lead guitarist because he just suits the project down to the ground and obviously he's an amazing player. So Brent, Brent was a band leader, as I say. The rest of the guys I could be here all night listing the people they've played with. But there's an amazing amount of talent. I was really lucky. Daryl chose superbly. Everybody who played on the album is brilliant. There was uh, Gordon Moat did the piano keyboard stuff. Great, great player. Um, look him up if you if you've got a minute because he's he's fantastic. Um, Kerry Marks, Rick McClaw, Duncan Mullins, um, Mike Johnson, Joel Key. Some of the great musicians. I say it would take me a long time to list, but. Between them all, they've just about played with everybody who's anybody, in, certainly in the country music field. Now, several of the band were all in Jerry Reed's touring band during the 80s. And as I say, Daryl's a big Jerry Reed fan, and he also knew the I Love the Sound that Jerry got in the studio. So he purposefully, I think, chose that band to try and capture that rhythm section and the groove that Jerry, you know, made Jerry's record so great. So when did you release it? It was released September 3rd. Um, so it's not been out too long, it's, it's going really well. And so what's been the reaction? Um, it's a bit overwhelming really, They're, you know, obviously you hope that people enjoy it, but the, the reaction of the people so far has been um, brilliant. I mean, I knew how great it sounded because the guys just blew it out of the park. So I think it's probably surprised a few people, you know, the, the level of musicianship on it is is unreal so it, everyone's been brilliant everyone's shared it everyone's liked it everyone's bought it so i couldn't ask for more to be honest and are there anything you'd change about it are you happy with it no i would i know it sounds like cliche i'm happy with every every song the way every song's turned out there's a few tweaks that i would probably do and if you know as i hope i go back to do another album next year um there's i'll probably do things slightly in a different way but nothing nothing major everything about the process was just you know, the best fun ever and uh, i think the, the sound of the album just you know shows that we did everything the right way i know it's a bit early to say how many you've sold um but you can tell us how you sell it yeah well it's, it's obviously it's available for download on itunes um or you can download it or buy the physical cd off uh, my website leeshownmusic.com so yeah uh, you know i don't know the exact numbers but it's selling pretty well i think we got up to uh, number four in the itunes in the first couple of days in the country charts which i wasn't expecting but that was a nice surprise to, put, to see my name mixed in with the the big names on the itunes chart so have you got any favorite tracks that's a difficult one I, I, I love them all and that sounds you know obvious to say but i, th I think of my own um i'm really happy with the the title track that song sort of i think encompassed a lot of Thing and it came out slightly different, I think, than I thought it was going to come out. It would slightly the feel of that one changed, which whereas most of them, I think, I had a good idea in my head how they were going to turn out. Another, I 
think favourite of mine is a song called The Final Nail. I love the way that that was a bit of an epic. There's just about everyone playing on that one with a great horn section. Um, Roy A.G. He was leading the horn section. He used to play with uh, Prince's New Power Generation. Wendy Moten singing, brilliant, great singer Wendy Moten. Uh, so I'm really happy with that. I think that's one of my favourites. And if you had to pick one song from the album to play to someone, which song would you play? Um, I mean the title track as I say I love but it probably is the title track probably is a slightly different feel than, than most of the other th songs on there um, we've had a good reaction to, to all of them a lot of people seem to really like a song called Lucky Man that I've done uh, which is actually a Brent Mason song Brent obviously was in the studio playing on it uh, so no pressure sort of trying to get <laughs> Brent's song um, so that he was happy with it but it, that seems to have gone down really well so that one is a good one i say from a personal point of view I like the final nail I like um, Never Sing the Blues Again obviously the title track and You Don't Know My Love for we did a, a version of a Ronnie Millsap song um, which I think we put a nice twist on and I think the feel on that one is is really good. So we'll move on now to talk about each track on the album. Give us a bit of an idea about what inspired it, who wrote it, who played on it, any problems. Did the song come out as good as you wanted it to? The first song's a, a song called Walk in the Country. Yeah, it was recorded by Keith Urban when he was in a group called The Branch, I think. Uh, that was before he became huge, <laughs> as he is now. Uh, I think he wrote it with somebody called Vernon Rust. It was a song that Daryl, um, I wasn't aware of, Daryl suggested the song for me. He thought it would be a great album opener, sort of upbeat, great guitar work on it that Brent absolutely knocked out of the park because obviously Keith Urban's a great guitarist himself. Um, so Brent really sort of went to town on that one. <laughs> Have you got any stories about how you recorded that track? Yeah, that was just... I mean, most of the tracks on there, the, the band nailed them within one or two takes. The way they work is phenomenal. That one, I suppose we had a funny story where uh, Brent put down the solo for that song. Took a couple of takes to sort of just get it perfect. But the solo was phenomenal. Very, very intricate, fast unbelievable solo that when he finished everyone in the studio sort of looked at each other and were saying wow I thought I was being funny and went over the uh, microphone and said that's great Brent but um, any chance you could put a harmony on it uh, I thought that was my idea of a joke <laughs> Brent took me seriously and said uh, yeah I can probably do that which nobody thought he could do um, but within five minutes he put a harmony solo over uh, you'll hear it obviously but it's I wouldn't like to try and harmonise that solo, but somehow he managed to do it. Running from the red race just as fast as I can Take off my tie so I can breathe Me, I'm going where the fresh air is blowing Take a little walk in the country with me Walk in the country with me Watch the sun sinking down on the trees It's gonna do us some good to get down in the woods Take a little walk in the country with me Hey! 
of all them TV shows I need some dirt road under my feet Come on, let's point our toes where the red fern grows Take a little walk in the country with me Walk in the country with me Watch the sun sinking down on the trees It's gonna do us some good to get down in the woods Take a little walk in the country with me Sinking down on the trees It's gonna do us some good To get down in the woods Take a little walk in the country with me Take a little walk in the country with me Come on now baby Take a little walk in the country with me The next song is the title track. It's a song called Never Sing the Blues Again, obviously. That's that's one of the ones that I mentioned that I wrote not long before going into the studio. I just felt I needed a song that really felt fresh and felt like it was saying where I am now in my life. It's a, it's a song that it's, talks about sad things in life, but it tries to put a positive twist on it. I, I always feel that sort of, you know... We deal with the difficulties in life and we push on through and you've always got to try and be positive as hard as it might be and as difficult as the time that people might have. I always try and look at things with a positive spin and so that was my sort of way of doing a positive song that tried to sort of make make good of the bad times. And was anything changed about that song? Yeah, as I said before, it, it, that song I think when I sort of did the demo i did a, a rough demo of it and it, it probably had more of a country feel but i think when we got in the studio and the band started playing it um we suddenly felt more of the soul come out of it and it, it ended up sort of pretty much soul now um which in a way is probably the most soul-filled song on on the album but i think it, it turned out great <laughs> Don't 
sadness and the pain I'd be fine If I never sing the blues Never sing the blues again third track on the album is uh, a song called I Ain't Gonna Cry No More. It's a song that uh, Daryl, you know, introduced me to. Uh, he played me the Ronnie Millsap version. Obviously, Ronnie Millsap, great, great American singer, piano player. Um, and he'd done a great version of this song. It's a song written by uh, Don Schultz, John and Joanna Hall. I did it sort of pretty true to the Ronnie Millsap version, but just wanted it with a slight more, a little bit more of an edge. And uh, I think the guys really pull that off. It's a great, it's 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 an unapologetic pop song, I think, which sometimes we we lack now. People people are afraid to write pop songs, but I think this is a, a good example of a great pop song.
Track four on the album is the one I mentioned earlier. That's a song called Lucky Man. So that was a song um, written by Brent Mason and uh, Annie Roboff. He'd, he'd, he'd released it, but it was never sort of a, a single as far as I know. And as soon as I heard the song, it just seemed to sum up everything I wanted to say about the album. As I said earlier, I was in a good place. I'm in a happy place in my life. Got a great wife and family. And I think when I heard the lyric, it just... It's, struck a chord with me the the only problem as i said was doing it justice because when you're sitting in the studio recording and you're singing the vocal in front of the person who wrote it, it there's a certain added pressure but <laughs> i think we 
we managed to do it and you know Brent heard the finished ver- version just before the album was released um, and he actually said to Daryl the producer it's it sounded absolutely beautiful and it was just what we needed a song like that in these sort of times the, the way we'd gone about it and that's the only review I ever need really it's it doesn't come any higher than that All over this world With no destination And I've looked deep So deep in my heart Searching for salvation Then I found love The kind of dreams I made of what I've needed all these years But here I am, a lovely man Thankful for what life has given I finally found my solid ground Ooh, here I stand such a lucky man Brick and wood And a whole lot of love Built our little piece of heaven Soft rain for on the window pane And you in my arms, man, that's a living and I can't believe that there could be Someone like you who cares But here I am, a lucky man Thankful for what life Given. I finally found my solid ground Ooh, here I stand Such a lucky man I could have been lost forever
track five was um, a song called You Don't Know My Love. Now, that's another song that I heard, the Ronnie Millsap version. It's written by Jim, Jim Collins and Craig Wiseman, but Ronnie did a superb, superb version of it, um, which I loved. But the only thing I wanted to do, I just wanted to give that a bit more of a uh, sort of what you'd probably call a swampy New Orleans-y edge. Um, and as soon as I mentioned that to the musicians, they knew exactly what I meant and they really sort of dug deep to get a, a really sort of swampy groove. And lucky enough, while we were recording it, one of Daryl's friends, the great harmonica player Buddy Green, came to see Daryl in the studio. And we were overjoyed that he agreed to play on a couple of songs while he was there. Uh, this one was one of them and the harmonica just really added to it. And I think when you hear the, the finished version, you'll you'll see that they absolutely nailed this sort of feel that I was going for. It's, as I say, it's one of my favourites on there. If you've cried a river, if you doubt your dreams, if you waited in vain by a phone that don't ring, if you think that a promise is something you can't trust, then you don't know my love. If you think that romance is dead and gone, that
So we'll flip your vinyl over and we'll talk about <laughs> track six now. Track six is um, that's one of my own. That's uh, a song called Hit Me Like a Rock in the Head. It's uh, so it's my sort of. I'd always, when I'd written songs, I'd always been struggled with lyrics uh, from when I was young. I was always happy with the melodies and the chords; they seemed to come really naturally. But it took me a lot of years to find my own voice lyrically. I think I was always trying to write lyrics that were too clever, or I think everybody thinks you've got to be Bob Dylan when you you write a song, and it sort of holds you back if you're trying to write something that doesn't sort of come naturally to you. Um, I think it was about that time. I think I wrote it about 12 years ago, that one. Um, and I think about that time, I suddenly realised that the only way I could write lyrics that felt right and sounded right was to write them in my sort of voice, how I would I would say them. And uh, anyone who knows me knows I, I deal with most things in life with humour. So it's a, it's a humorous lyric, this one. Uh, the, the guys in the studio seem to uh, <laughs> enjoy some of the lyrics and the producer, Daryl, he still... You know, he laughs when he reads out some of the lines to it. So, you know, hopefully people see the funny side of it. So it's a song that talks about, obviously, a relationship breakup, but it does it in a in my own sort of attempted comedy way. <laughs> myself and wonder why but as time moved along I knew that something was wrong I just couldn't put my finger on it and though I knew it was coming you still hit me running when you left me the way that you did you hit me like a rock in the head the goodbye you said nothing Target as you whispered in. Now your love is gone to another one. I suspected of much for some time. I was quite the sleuth. My suspicions turned to truth when you admitted your double faced pride.
hit me like a rock. Now the next one is a song by Leon Russell. When I was looking for songs, uh, Leon was always uh, somebody I was aware of and I knew the big hits by Leon, but I never really, I hadn't sort of listened to a lot of his albums and a lot of his He's got a huge catalogue of work. I started listening to a lot and I and I came I got two Leon songs. This was the first one on there. It just as soon as I heard it I thought such a beautiful song. I was never gonna sing it like Leon because he's got such an inimitable style that I was never gonna do that. So I had to do it in my own way. But uh, I'm hoping that I think we pulled it off and by people's reactions uh, <laughs> I, I seem to have done a decent job with it. But it's a beautiful song. so long You're not here The night is lonely It's like crying Without tears The sorrow only The sound of the wind Out there in the night And I can't feel right All alone tonight Well, I just can't let you go And since you're far away Love isn't here anymore
The next one's another one of mine. It's uh, it's a song called The Final Nail. Uh, I did mention this one before. I so say it's a little bit of a an epic record, <laughs> recording in the sense that there's a lot there's a lot going on in this song. There's a lot of parts, and hopefully again a lot of humour because it's once again written with my humorous. <laughs> in inverted commas style it's another relationship breakup song but uh, I won't mention any names to protect the innocent parties or not so innocent parties it's uh, I, I enjoyed recording this song it's it's got a nice turn of phrase and the, the production's really big the the back and vocals, the brass the guitar playing, piano playing brilliant on this, it's, it's a fun song it's the, you know, if you can have a fun song about a relationship breakup That sound breaking the silence, sending the morning songbirds skywards, shattering the calm with an ominous crack. Well, I got a bad feeling it's a line end. It's no use trying to pretend not to hear it there.
fixing the lid on the sorry tale. Final nail. It's the final nail. The next song, that's another Leon Russell song. This, uh, when I heard this one, this was another beautiful song by Leon. There's a song called All Through the Night. It's It was off, I think, about 2015 album that he recorded. And it was not long after he'd sort of come back into the limelight after he did a duets album with Elton John. Elton sort of found Leon, who'd stopped recording and playing at that time. And he sort of brought him back into the limelight. And Leon was sort of eternally grateful. Um, so he released some more solo albums. And this is one, and this is just a stunning song. I think the way we recorded it, we once again had to put our own twist on it, which I think we did. Um, the steel guitar playing on it is beautiful. Mike Johnson, great steel guitar player, did a beautiful job. And once again, Wendy Moten doing the backing vocals. It, I think it, it turned out really well. Million miles away, you're with me 
In the soft glow of candlelight I feel your heart Everything is alright You're with me all through the night With me final song on there it's uh that's a, probably the most unusual song on the album it's one of the other ones that i wrote not long before i did the album and once again it's uh, a little bit of humor i was actually sitting in work one night um doing nights when i decided to drink one of an energy drink to keep me going as soon as i started drinking it i was disgusted that the flavors had been ruined by having to swap all the sugar for sweeteners as they have done now in drinks (laughs) so i suddenly decided to write my protest song at uh, the problems that happen when you give governments too much power say some people write give peace a chance i write sugar free so it's it's just a fun song it doesn't take itself seriously the band played brilliantly on it It, it's got a slightly different feel than the rest of the album probably is a hint of my sort of um steely dan influences there but that's about the only place you'll probably see them on the album but uh it's a feel-good song and we had a lot of fun recording that one With zero of light 
so honey It's the only thing that you try I'm not one to complain But nothing's ever gonna be the same And I can't live I can't my life sugar free And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Lee Schoen and the fabulous album Never Sing the Blues. As Lee says, it's available on all the digital formats and his website, Lee Schoen, just Google it. You can't go wrong with that album. What a wonderful album, what wonderful musicianship, what great songwriting as well by Lee. And it doesn't sound out of place against songs like Leon Russell, gotta say that, well done Lee. And the female voice, I think, is Mrs Schoen who kindly asked Lee the questions for me. Anyway, I'll be back next week with another show. Until then, you take care, 